that. Do what you want to do. Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast about upcycling. It's Reclaimed Audio with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 68 for February 22nd, 2017. This week's top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> Tried and true, I like it. Trust in Timber, Sean Petty, Scott Turner, Andrew Reed. Randall Denver and Greg Mead. With me, as always, are Tim Sway and Kyle Toth. Yes. And uh, let's just launch into what we're working on. Kyle, you want to go first this week? Yeah, sure. Uh, this week, so what's been going on? I finished up this ring box uh, for uh, someone who's getting married. It was oh, like awesome. a, just like a flip top. Okay, okay. seriously, you know what sucks Excuse about me. this? Hold, hold no, on no, no. We don't interrupt on this sure, show, but who we has know the that. floor? Hang on. Who is this? What sucks about this is because... I'm actually making the coolest thing in here. I'm making parts of a bull, and you guys don't even care. Well, let, let me finish, and then Please we'll, we'll get Kyle. to you. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. So, so I made this little uh, like flip box, uh, ring box out of Wingay. When you open it up, the uh, ring kind of pops up, so it's like being displayed. So um, somebody just made like a... Uh, 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 did I say... Somebody just made a, a card um, that you up, and, and it says... Some Thing too, so big deal. Yeah, well, who yeah, is this exactly. guy that just walks in here and <laughs> I, I starts taking? A... How do you guys put up with this, man? This is ridiculous. <laughs> it's a tough go, man. I'll be honest with you, but uh, let's keep the interrupting to the regulars. Please yeah. continue, Kyle. Uh, finishing up another set of 100 tap handles for Refuge Brewery. Um, so this is why Kyle is my favorite member of this podcast. Uh, week after week, he's got all these exciting tales. Yeah, a lot of us. things going right. on. A lot of um, progress, if you will. Bit, progress, a little bit of work on the Flower of Life table, which is probably going to take uh, over 100 hours or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, it's very similar to the last like mandala table that I did, but this is like a different style of mandala going on the top. Um, and then, uh, actually, Trustin Timber was in town, and we did a shoot up in L.A. up at the YouTube studio, so I dragged my... 450 pound lathe up there and uh, we had a lot of fun shooting on some like red oh, red oh, cameras oh, oh, and stuff like oh, that so it's gonna oh, be sweet okay okay seriously kyle trust in timber is not behind you he's not no i dropped him no, no 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 get it not behind you oh yeah i made a huh? uh i made a new base for that knot that i made nine years ago too so i forgot about that That's i didn't right, actually, actually i didn't make the base i had the base made <laughs> I just he was like seven <laughs> Yeah, he was like seven years old, and that, that is was one of like we, the first. We keep Bill here for the segues. Big things I made. <laughs> that thing is sick. But yeah, that's, so, that's what's going on with me. So, how do you how do you keep yourself motivated when you know that there's a project that's a hundred plus hours? Well, you enjoy the process. Every every part is yeah you know, an enjoyable part. You know, when else do I get to like sit at a table and? put on a podcast or an audio book and just not have to look at anyone for 10 hours. That's a great day for me. So, you know. <laughs> what an awesome answer. That's yeah. my favorite quote already, man. That's, yeah. That's a great day for me. I don't have to look at nobody's faces. <laughs> if I could double see digit hours. one to two people per day, I am happier. So, <laughs> so technically right now you're not enjoying yourself. Horrible you day for Kyle. Faces. Horrible day right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Bill, what are you working on? So you guys didn't catch on to that. I'm making parts of a bull. I didn't know there was more than one part. Okay. Segmented Taurus. Hello. Oh. Oh, yeah. That was funny. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> anyway. Should, should we point so, out, no, by I'm, the way, that this is Bill Lutz, and he actually is usually on our podcast. And, oh, yeah. Uh, Hi, guys. From a different podcast called The Dusty Life. This is not The Dusty Life. This is Reclaimed Audio. We're just playing our usual joke. Kyle, thank you very much for being here with us. Yes. Now, thank you for We'll get me. into an actual podcast once we're done with our bit. And... I don't know. It felt so natural to have Kyle on there. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I totally was immersed in the experience. It didn't feel like anything weird or out of the ordinary. Yeah, it looks like you're immersed in that bourbon, whatever you're drinking right now. This is Belvini 12. Belvini? Belvini. It's a scotch. You should look into it. My friend uh, Neil McKinley would know about that. Oh, yeah? He's Scottish. You ought to, you ought to ask Scott, uh, Kyle if he'd make some kind of a really fancy box to put that in. Sounds like it's good stuff. Do we know anybody that can make a nice box? for? I have news box? on that. We don't. Jerks, by the way. We yeah. don't. Since, since you guys are jerks, I will give you news on this. Um, <laughs> I've decided to basically retire from the whiskey box business. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Now Whoa. Yeah, so I'm, dude, you, right you heard it here first, Kyle. You are like wow. in the. It saddens news. me a little bit. Saddens me. I know to hear you, you shouldn't because new is always better. No, I do, um, actually like that better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah I'm. Uh, I'm sick to death of doing them. I'm going to jack up the price like crazy, and if someone's nuts enough to pay for it, then by all means. Otherwise, I am exploring a new couple of new products that I'm looking into doing, and uh, I just. I can't making can't be a job for me anymore. It's my yeah. escape. It's like like Kyle was just saying, like it's the process that you enjoy. But when I've done so many of these boxes, it's not enjoyable anymore. It feels like work. So yeah, I have. I just got over yesterday, and then it's the last one until I jack the prices up. Can I give you a little bit of advice? Always. Don't go from making whiskey boxes to making scotch boxes. You've really got to venture out a little bit more than that. Oh. Okay. Yeah, maybe vodka boxes. Yeah. You know what? I think we're back Beer to box. square one. Then. <gasps> Beer no. boxes. Or why don't you go family friendly soda boxes? I think soda there's a huge margin for soda totes. Soda, soda totes. totes. <laughs> yeah. Go down to the root beer factory and stock it's up. It's seventh birthday. We're making this <laughs> custom box for a bottle yeah, exactly. of cream soda. It would sound better if Kyle made those soda totes by toth. Soda totes. Soda totes. By oh, totes. We just started soda totes. Yeah. yeah. Soda totes. Yeah. I'm right. So I made I'm some, um, just to bring it back to. Actual stuff. I uh, I was working on the those melamine cubbies, and all the dados are done. I've done a dry assembly, and nice. I guess sometime this week I'll do the uh, I'll glue it up. I got another one of those liquid nails sort of containers. Mine had all dried up, so uh, so that's going to be done this week. I did not video it, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a recap video where I'll reenact. Um, some of the tips in it because I realized once I got into it that there is some important information that I could be passing on about the dados, how I made the jig. Um, you know, that's just, an amazing idea. Where did you ever come up with such an idea? I think I think a regular on the podcast came up with that. I'm going to let you guys fight it out for who was for who Vance. Who was. He's really good at reenactments. V- yeah, he <laughs> is, especially on a truck. Yeah. All right, that's enough for me. But all my stuff that I did this weekend is on Instagram. So if you care about dados, that's where it is. Uh, what What are you up to, Tim? What did you get done this weekend? Did, well, did Bill ever actually answer? What he's yes. you know, the go ahead. I'll, I'll do. La- no, I'm not doing that. I, I to the thought of trying to do anything that Kyle does at this point in my life. Um, I want to actually go spend a week or so just 
like in a shop stalking him instead of you, Tim, so I could actually try to make a segmented like just one segment. I would enjoy that too. Come on yeah. down. <laughs> well, I meant you could get out for a little while, or you leaving. You know, either either one works for me. So. <laughs> hey, Bill, you're welcome at my place anytime. <laughs> <laughs> between yeah. two and two thirty on a Tuesday. <laughs> on a Tuesday, yeah. actually. When I'm, uh, at, when I'm at lunch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, do, go ahead, Tim. Okay, well, th- quickly, what I'm working on, I, I'm working on two dining tables, an eight fo- or eight, almost nine foot one and a seven foot one. Uh, I just put a, 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 a bit in for three other living room pieces that are large, and I've got a uh, my first job making a sign on the CNC. It just came in about five minutes ago. Cool. And then also making this display for libraries. So I'm actually very busy right now. But I have, as I'm working on these two dining tables, uh, they do require sanding usually. And I, do you guys remember in like November, Festool had a $99 palm sander sale? Do and, I? Nope. Well, no. they did. It was only. It was thanks only for sharing for- with your podmates, Tim. That would have been an incredible buy. Um, yeah, well, it, you would think. <laughs> well, what happened was it was like, it came up and I was like, oh, that's great. I'm, I'm going to buy that $99. And so I, I bought it. And then what happened was it, it they pulled it down pretty quickly because it was so successful that they just instantly went over their uh, manufacturing capabilities. And I still haven't gotten it. I paid for the thing in like October or November, but it's due. They're supposed to be shipping them in mid-March. And so I've been using my, I, the reason I bought that one is mine had broken, but I had this Harbor Freight one. Uh, that I've been using. And I was like, all right, buddy, all you have to do is last until like March 19th, I think is the ship date today <laughs> in the can. It died. <laughs> so I had to go and spend 30 bucks on a, on a, a palm sander. That'll become my, in theory, my backup in, in a month. But, uh, so they that had that same sale in Canada, actually it was 129 for that Canadian. festival sander. And I see them on Kijiji now for a hundred dollars Canadian. So figured. So both of you saw this incredible Mm -hmm. buy for a Festool sander. And I heard nothing from either one of you. Well, you're, you're usually the one that's like way ahead of us on stuff like that. Even if you wouldn't have it, they oversold (laughs) (laughs) useless information. Still, I I'll never mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Hold your grudge. What else did? Uh, Oh, that's, that's it. I got a bunch of stuff going on. And, uh, so you screwed Bill and that was it. I gotcha. All right. So it's been a good podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, do you have anything you want to say about what you're working on before we try and uh, steer this boat away from Yes. That? Yes, I do, Cliff actually. I, I, uh, I, I want to do a combination of what I'm not working on, what I am working on, and a shout-out to um, a young man that we all know, uh, Phineas. Phineas sent me a priority box, which is going to be cool. It's the size of a suitcase, but hey, I'm up to the challenge. Um, so I'm going to do oh, that. I'm going to open it. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. He, yeah, it's like huge though. It's like you know, eighteen by twenty-four or something. <laughs> wow. So it's a priority box challenge. I'm gonna do that. Phineas sent me. Thank you, Phineas. He also came out with his third video, um, uh, the okay. slingshot. Y'all need to check it out. The guy is just he, watch out, Toth. That's all I'm saying. Just watch out, buddy. So check out Phineas. I'm I'm gonna be working on that. And what I don't have to do is make that shoe rack that I've been talking about. I didn't want to make the shoe rack. I and and Casey was so nice to me the other day. We were in we were in one of the stores and she's looking and she's like, "Honey, look, there's a shoe rack." And I'm like, "I know, I know." She's no, really, I like that one. I'll if you don't want to make one, I'll just can you put that one together for me if we get it? I'm like, "Yeah." So we bought a shoe rack and I put it together and she is so happy and so am I. I don't have to make a shoe rack now. 
You know what that is? That's like the worst sequel to a movie ever. Who saw We Bought a Zoo? The sequel is We Bought a Shoe Rack. <laughs> was this like five weeks in the making? And you just bought one? Yeah, well, all five weeks. Yeah, it's I, been, I thought he was it's been a while. All of 2017. I think I talked about it at Making It 100, pieces, didn't though. I? Didn't I talk about that at Making It 100? I'm pretty <laughs> sure I did. Oh, yeah, you definitely did. <laughs> it was like my Phil Pinsky Rubo bench of shoe racks. Yeah. Except, except the Rubo got made. <laughs> right. And I and I'm I am totally flaking out and I I bought and I didn't even go to the thrift store and buy something reclaimed. I bought a brand store metal put it together with screw shoe rack and and that's it. That's, so That's strike that's strike one, Lutz. I know. I uh, strike one. But after this long, you know, if that's just strike one, you guys are going to have to put up with me for about three more years. We're uh, <laughs> we're pretty uh, we're pretty forgiving on this podcast. Oh, you guys are forgiving, so I, oh, I appreciate that more than we you know. Pre- <laughs> is that <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, is that what we're doing? Okay, let's dive right into the topic. That was my terrible segue. Uh, since we have Kyle Toth on here, who is a uh, professionally trained, schooled, educated. Uh, woodworker. Should we assume We've... that everybody listening knows who Kyle is? If not, it's... hell yeah, we should assume that. Google who doesn't know Kyle? Ever... Yeah, Pause, that's Google, kind of. Yeah. The yeah, guy's I got would... basically a hundred thousand subscribers. <laughs> but we should. But at the same time, we should also assume that everybody else is non-professionally trained. Is that what you're trying to say? Because I was yeah. trained by non-professionals. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Okay. So, Fine, let's talk Not about that. In the world, but was, everybody in the, on the podcast. There's, there's only right. one of us has any professional training. We are we are self taught essentially, whereas Kyle sought out the guidance of sought professionals in the in the field, mm-hmm. right? And went to a formal school and went through a schooling process with a curriculum that was not self defined. Hold on, I'm looking up process and curriculum. Yeah, okay, you can So. Basically, what we're saying is is we're saying uh, we're we're stirring the pot here a little bit, and we are uh, talking about the benefits and potentially the pitfalls of a formal education in making, and whether or not uh, you know doing it, let's say at your own pace, uh, the curriculum taught by yourself, and maybe YouTube as your teacher is either better or worse. And I think there are certainly pros and cons to both. One glaring one that that jumps to mind for me is that if you don't know that there's a wrong way to do something, then you're immediately thinking outside the box. And maybe you're doing something that's way different than something that's been well-established for several hundred years. And uh, can, I, can I chime in on that? Just of course, be, that's what we're I was about. ready to... I'm, I'm like the old guy that didn't graduate high school, so I was ready to like just you know give Kyle a hard time. But in Kyle's defense right now, as professionally trained, curriculumated that he is... Have you seen everything he makes? There is no box. It's like there's no box in his universe. He's outside of the planet as far as thinking outside the box. Totally, totally. But I think he got a basic edu- – I mean, I-, I won't speak for you, Kyle. Why, why mm-hmm. don't you chime in here? I mean, obviously – Well, I was – We're going to let yeah. him talk? I w- yeah. I was fully self-taught up into age uh, 18 or 19. And then I went to a community college. Like I didn't, there was no wood shop in school. My parents just gave me the garage, and I slowly took over, acquired more and more tools. Never really had a job. I've only ever made things, taken them to like craft shows, and sold them. Started making, you know, segmented vases and bowls. My neighbor taught me how to do that. He kind of 
brought me some pictures that hey you should try this i think this is how you do it and i started making all these segmented bowls meanwhile i was kind of working with uh like plywood and making cabinets and just you know just whatever i get my hands on to my parents started buying me nicer woods and i made like their kitchen table things like that i got to a point where i like wanted to learn more um I had a teacher in high school who kind of told me about this school, but I just figured it wasn't for me because it seemed, uh, it almost seemed like too much. I was like, yeah, this is, it's just too much. I, I feel like I, I didn't know that this is exactly what I wanted to do. So I went to just like a, a junior college for a year, um, took some woodworking classes alongside like uh, regular course classes and absolutely hated the regular course classes. I'm uh, dyslexic and I just cannot, there's just certain things that, you know, my brain just can't do. Um, so I just got hooked on this whole woodworking thing and I figured out a way to go to school to get, uh, professionally trained doing it. And the reason I didn't stay at the junior college with them having like 60 or 70 different classes, all woodworking was because there was certain things there that I just wasn't going to learn. The classes were filled with a lot of retired people and they were kind of just there you know, to like fill their time and yeah, to learn and make nice things, but none of them like were actually making it in that industry of, you know, like this is what they do full time. And that's what I wanted to do. So I sought out a place. I figured if you learn all of the fundamentals and kind of learn everything that you need to know to like put things together, right. To make things last a long time, you know, you'll have a job, you know, forever as a craftsman. My grandpa always said, you know, he's like, don't worry about Kyle. He works with his hands. He'll be fine. And, you know, I kind of <laughs> always had that to like rely on. And then, you know, you talk to people and they say, yeah, if you're a specialized, you know, trades person, you know, you're always going to have a job and it's been working out for me ever since. So, um, so yeah, I did, I did go the route of, you know, going, I went to North Bennett street school in Boston, Massachusetts. I went through their cabinet furniture making program. It was a two year intensive, uh, program. It's all woodworking hands-on uh classes were eight to 12 my class had 10 people in it uh four professors you know for the whole cabinet furniture making program there was four semesters going on at a time so it was about 40 people in the whole um program and you're learning from everyone as you know they're going through their each individual project so even though i'm making a shaker nightstand this person up top is making a federal desk with you know inlay and stuff like that and this person's making a, a curved bombay uh you know chest of drawers that has all these uh multi-curved surfaces that had to fit together so you're kind of learning along with everybody and you're getting to see things that you may never see in you know a general you know say someone else's shop so mm -hmm. yeah I'm wondering how much of it is the education and how much of it is the amount of time that you get to dedicate to doing it. Like I, I to do like four hours yeah. a week. I think you're doing 10 hours yeah. a day. I think if, I think a lot of it is time. I think you can learn most of this stuff without the schooling. If you have the time and just the dedication to show up there. Um, but also with that, you have to have the space to work and the nice machines and, you know, stuff like that to be able to be able to do that. Having someone to hands on show you how to do that, I think will speed up the process a lot more because they fix you as you're kind of doing something wrong or you're a little bit off. Uh, they kind of develop, let you develop your own technique. But if you're, you know, spending two days going in the wrong direction, they're going to stop you before you get to that two day mark. Whereas if you're on your own, yes, you may have the time but you could be going in maybe a wrong direction and someone could have tweaked something just a little bit for you 
and sets you up for a, you know a higher level of success. So. so, so going back to what Phil just said, do you find because you are super creative? I mean, you, you, I'm looking at the knot behind you right now. Um, but do you find that sometimes when you're thinking outside the box because you are able to do that, do you find is is there any kind of a hindrance from your schooling where it's like? I, I don't know if I can do that. You're thinking of something really cool to do, but it's like, I don't know if I can. You're not supposed to do it that way. Does it? Does that come in? Mm. Uh, yeah, they, all like the segmented turnings and stuff, I learned that stuff on my own. Uh, this thing, okay. I, I made this not thing before I even went to that school. Um, so like furniture-wise and making furniture and pieces last long and being able to work with like bent laminations and curves and things like pieces that are outside the box, they broke everything down within like a process. So it's just a bunch of steps. And if you can hold this tool the right way and push it this way and have a sharp enough blade, you'll be able to get to this end, you know, thing, whether it be like a Bombay chest of drawers, that's going to take you, you know, seven months straight to build all the way through, or if it's, you know, anything else, a shaker nightstand. So just breaking everything down and going down to the fundamentals, like allowed you to build up, um, like a, a just like a knowledge set that you you have other things to rely on than like just you know like power tools so being able to rely on your hands has been like the biggest thing for me if i can't cut something or get a machine to do something you know you have those that hand school or hand uh hand skills you know to get you through a process it may take you a little bit longer but i feel as if you'll probably end up with a better result and you'll probably be happier with the outcome of you know what you get yeah my my second video, I uh, karate chopped a pallet, you know, apart. So I, I know, I know what you're talking. You about. You know all about that. Tim, Tim's been very quiet, and I'm curious because yeah. I feel like you're kind of the kind of person who needs to learn things the hard way. Uh, as, well. as, as far as hands-on, you know, first experience. Um, I, uh, as uh, Dave Gagne at Elm City Vintage coined the phrase for me, he referred to me as taking the path of most resistance. <laughs> and it's uh, very true. And um, I do uh, tend to, you know, push in on the outdoor, you know, <laughs> or whatever uh, most of the time. I've been fascinated listening to Kyle talk because, uh, uh, you know, like your first where you started him off with about the 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 creativity in the box. Um, I went to a, an arts college for a little while. I went as a, a music major and um, it wasn't anything like the kind of school Kyle went to. And I felt like it was uh, I felt like it was a waste of my time. Like I wasn't learning anything. But where Kyle was going, it was actually he was like learning all this stuff. So what happens is, is that it's not stifling creativity. It's actually kind of doing the opposite because you're getting all that out of the way. Like my first couple of years of making stuff, I was making things that would be very exciting to me because I had dreamt it up and I make it. And then I Google it and I see it's been made since the dawn of time. You know, that people have done the same thing, but better. And so Kyle, he's learned all of that history and he has that behind him. Uh, me personally, I don't, I don't do well in a classroom, uh, but I never had an opportunity to have a classroom like that. Like when I went to music college, it was, we were sitting behind a desk listening to someone play the piano. If I got to play my instrument for four hours or eight hours or 10 hours a day, like, like Kyle in essence was playing his instrument, I might've had a different experience, you know, and I'm not. (laughs) 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 Sorry, I couldn't hold it in. (laughs) (laughs) We're not all 12. We swear. I was playing with an instrument four hours a day. I I, I hear what you're saying. I I got it. Yeah. 
So, um, Phil, how many hours a day do you play with your instrument? <laughs> like, I don't know if you can count it in hours, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I don't get that much time to play with my instrument. Um, <laughs> no, well, I mean, a couple I'll, of times at least. You had you got two kids, right? Couple, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. another one on the way, but uh, all to say. Oh, let's, yeah. <clears throat> no, for me, clearly, uh, the lack of time is certainly what's slowing my progress or limiting it. Um, and and I just want to sort of counter something that Tim said, how when you first started, you were very sort of proud because you felt like you were thinking outside the box and you were creating something that no one else had done until you Googled it and you saw it. I feel like those victories are very um, important for confidence building. And if your skills at the beginning were such that you know, you really couldn't make very much and you knew that it wasn't very much. The confidence would take longer to develop because you're like, oh, everybody can make a box. I'm nothing. But, you know, if you just discover it on your own, it feels like you're inventing fire. You know, you're discovering something brand new. And and for me, it was a huge boost. Yeah, that's a good point. And, the, and sometimes you actually do. Like, I still am pretty sure I'm the first person to make a ukulele out of compact discs. Like, you know, yeah, I got to tell you, I think you're the first and last. Uh, definitely the last. Because uh, <laughs> if someone's thinking about it, I can tell them, don't waste your time. <laughs> Although I do want to do it again. <laughs> but, um, this, but time, even, this time at HD DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> even, even, if you, even if you just starting out, you haven't, you, you're training yourself, you just discovered, oh my God, I just made a box. Holy smokes. I just made a box. This is amazing. I'm thinking outside of the box. I just made a box. This is cool. Nobody's ever been. And then you find out somebody has made a box. You've still thought outside the box for yourself, for your own progress, for that own, yeah. you know, path that you took to get there, even oh, though. Well, I agree. I agree. But uh, playing the devil's advocate to that, too, is about like, you know, if you if, if it's already been invented, you can't reinvent it. So, so you can. Mine's well, different, though. But no, it isn't, though. I mean, Mine's it isn't different. for me because that's what I'm trying to do. I got the miters. At, Mine's different. I think you can reinvent it until you realize that there's another one out there. Yeah, you can you can enjoy the experience, but you're not going to go out and, and, and stake your stake your well, flag. Into your let, let's see here, because Kyle experienced both, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Kyle, you, you sort of made, blazed your own path when you were 18, 19 in your parents' garage. Yeah. And then you received the formal education. Right. Mm-hmm. He was already making that knot. I mean, he made that before he went to the school. So. Right. Yeah. Obviously, so, Kyle was already leaps and bounds ahead of all of us combined. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's focus here, Tim. Okay. I don't want to focus on the part no. where I'm horrible and he's awesome. I want to focus <laughs> on the part <laughs> where there was the self-discovery and then there was the formal education. So... This is a difficult question, but which one do you think was more fulfilling for you? And go. Uh, I'm going to say the self-discovery is way more fulfilling. Hmm. Yeah. Because, hmm. you know, making something like that, it, it you know, it's, 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 it's like full creativity. You know, you're like going 110 miles an hour and no one's stopping you. You know, like right. you're in the school. Yeah. By the end, you know, by the fourth quarter, you know, you're going 100 miles an hour. And no one can stop you because you have all the skill set to get there, but it feels like you're maybe dragging along or learning things you've already learned, or maybe not paying attention because you feel like you know a better way. But after about six weeks, I kind of just broke all that down. I said, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to just, you know, forget about that and kind of get the chip off my shoulder that, Oh, maybe I already know how to sharpen a a chisel. Well, you know, I'm here, like I'm paying to be here. I'm going to, you know, just sit through it and, and suck up as much as I can, you know, and, you know, go through and sharpen all my chisels and get everything to a point where, okay, now they say this is how they started. I see the things they're producing. I want to get to that level. 
you know, so just kind of wiping your slate clean and saying, mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing is, you know, was kind of just how I went about it. Cause I was like struggling for, for, like I said, like six weeks. I was like, man, this isn't, this is just so slow, so boring, you know, but where they, did that revelation come from? What revelation? That like, I'm the here, I'm paying for this. I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to get as much as I can from this. Because uh, it kind of came from there was people who had never touched a piece of wood in their life. And they're in there, you know, sharpening their stuff and doing this thing and, and, you know, using the machines. And they're doing it almost better than me. I'm like, well, they have no experience, you know. Like, I should just drop everything and kind of, you know, they're here to learn. And they knew nothing before. And now they're doing it just as well, if not better than me, so I'm just gonna. Now you said you roll s- with that. You said you were feeling really <clears throat> bored with it. Did Not you bored, but it was. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you notice that the people that had no experience that they looked like they were having a better time than you as well? Is that yeah, they're probably like, different. Why are they having? Yeah. yeah, but a lot of it was the self discovery for them. Is like, okay, I've never picked up a hand plan. Now I'm getting these perfectly nice, beautiful shavings off here, and, and these two boards fit together perfectly. So great, you know, and. and it's just everything comes out glass smooth and you know the school started you off with the hardest task you know even the shaker nightstand the whole thing is finished with a french polish you know the door the the drawer is fully dovetailed there's no slide it's all wood on wood so even if it was a very simple thing they started you off with the hardest like part of everything like okay we're not just gonna attach the rails together we're gonna dovetail the rails together we're not just gonna build a drawer we're gonna build this drawer so it has you know, a credit card uh, gap all the way around. And it has to slide perfectly all the way through, and the top is going to be, you know, a hand rub French, French polish. So I think by doing that, they kind of set a standard and mm-hmm. a work ethic that you kind of get to take with you all the way through that you may not learn just doing it on your own because you're always going to be able to rely on your own, I guess, uh, discipline. Like, yeah, your own discipline, like your own, like, mm-hmm. oh, I love this. It's great. It's good enough. You know, and with them, you have four other people judging you along with a whole other class that is kind of not judging you. Everyone's, you know, there to learn and stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to compare your stuff to theirs. You know, they're going to be sitting right next to each other. So it's easy mm-hmm. to see which one look, looks nicer. I totally get that because mm-hmm. I definitely believe in diminishing returns. And I do at work. I do at home. I do in the garage. There's a certain point where something is just good enough and adding to it only gets you a little bit more. But I could see that if I went through a formal education process and I was being graded and the standard was being set for me, rather than me sort of dictating it, that probably my discipline would be, I don't know if I would say my discipline, but maybe my own standards would be a little bit different. Like right now I get, okay, this doesn't need seven coats of poly. It needs two. Bye-bye. Out the door. What do you think, Tim? Uh, I was going to say a little a little devil's advocate thing to that. And I, I again, I do agree in, in, with everything you're saying. But I, I used to cook, okay? I, you know, I was a started out like peeling carrots. I ended up being the executive chef of this this place. And uh, I went, I worked with people that were like high school dropouts. I worked with other people that were just in various points in their lives. And, you know, people that just cooked their whole lives. And I worked with kids that went to the fancy culinary schools and what i found from the kids that went to the fancy culinary schools is they knew a lot about the technology of food and they knew how to sharpen their knives better than me and they knew all this stuff but they didn't know how to work and they didn't know how to get the job done and get it done on time in a cost time effective and cost effective manner so i was wondering kyle is that something that 
like I'm afraid if I got absorbed into like that level of detail and I and I got to that point, I wouldn't want to make stuff that wasn't at that level of point of detail. And I don't know if I'd be able to make anything I could sell for a profit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I had that, that concern. Yeah, I was just gonna bring that up. I had that struggle when I got out of school and you know, people started contacting me for things and you want them to look a certain way, but they're not always gonna have right. the well, budget. Yeah, I can make you, you that know? table, it'd be twenty four thousand dollars. Yeah, I can make you, you that know? thing at twenty you know, twenty four <laughs> grand six, seven months. Come back, yeah, six, seven months, you know. And I, I, once I moved, I, I kind of like had like another chip on my shoulder, like, oh, I'm this formally trained person. I know how to make all these nice things. I don't want to take on that job. And then I moved into my shop three years ago and I said, well, that's just got to, that's just got to end. Cause if I want to be able to make this, you know, if I want to be able to make it in this industry doing this stuff, I'm just going to, I'm not going to be able to pass up on jobs. You know, I set standards. I say, okay, I never want to work with MDF and I never want to have to paint things. You know, and that was mainly so it didn't ruin the process for me. Like woodworking was still my passion and my hobby. And when you start, you know, and, and an income source. So when you start mixing all those things together, you can start to hate what you're doing. So I set a standard. Okay, I hate painting and I never want to work with these materials. And I always had personal projects going on. So for me, maybe I wasn't building the nicest table out of the nicest materials with enough time and enough budget. But I was still making something every day and I always had like a personal project that was at those standards that I got to like fall Mm -hmm. back on. So it was almost like I still did have a job in essence, you know, I'd show up at nine and I'd work until five. And then after five, you know, it's my time to work on what I want to work on. And it was almost a valuable lesson to pass on to people. You know, because even still, you know, like I have a couple tap handles account, uh, tap handles accounts, and they order 100, 200 at a time. You know, I there's not too many people out there that are going to pay me to turn for 15 hours, but these people do. And that's still a blessing right there. You know, they may not be the, you know, nicest things or whatever. They may not, you know, they may be repetitive and boring, but like I'm still advancing my hand tool knowledge in turning. And now I can pick up a chisel and do one of these things in two minutes and 20 seconds, you know, and I get faster and faster at it every time. And it's just, you know, it's like that 10,000 hours thing, you know, it's like, you're still thinking, you know, you're still going towards that goal, you know? So Hmm. yeah, I kind of went off topic a little bit, but. Oh no, that's awesome. That's, I mean, that's, you know, you, I I try to do that the same way. You know, I always have stuff that I'm working on, you know, usually like for a YouTube video or what, cause I'm always, I'm more into the exploration of crap, you know, is what I'm I'm, I'm more interested in than the finesse. So, you know, I'm making dining tables, but I always have like a a guitar made of junk going on or Mm -hmm. or somewhat one of my other silly things. And so it's like the, the dining table is what's financing. Yeah, the art. so it's like your your taps are what's financing your knots. And your yeah, they finance the the whole yeah. operation. I mean, if you sell you know. those, all the better. But you're, yeah, that's not why you're doing that. Yeah. You're doing that because that's what you want to do. Yeah, I'm doing it, Good you know, you. to build up my name and my brand and my pieces yeah. so that way they're recognizable and they are starting to slowly pick up and slowly sell more. So you know, the idea is to slowly transition into you know doing my own things and kind of just becoming that artist, you know, that makes something and then. People, you know, people buy it or pick it up. Yeah, or want it. So, but I'm not ready for that yet. So I still enjoy, you know, having to grind it out and look for, you know, get new jobs and, you know, get get everything done because I'm not ready to, you know, there's just so many things I feel like I haven't learned as like a business, you know, um, to just, you know, jump into that. So, I'm. Was there? Can I ask you something? Was there um, something that you wanted to learn or have since wanted to learn that wasn't covered in school? Uh, they didn't teach a lot of bent lamination and veneering. Um, 
they taught you veneering, do a lot but, of both. <laughs> but not but not uh, commercial veneering. So like veneers that are twenty five thousandths of an inch thick. They taught like resawing your own veneer and kind of doing it like the eighteenth okay. century way. Um, right. And I kind of just went out and bought a veneer pag and just kind of you know watched some videos. I got a book and just started doing it on my own. They taught a little bit about it, but it wasn't enough to make you know, be feel confident enough in the other skills that, you know, that they, that, that they teach. So was that for entire panels or that was more for marketry? Uh, they did have a class on marketry and stuff like that, but I, I wanted to learn more like veneering, like whole tabletops, uh, right. and then like binding it out with a border and dropping like, you know, a mother of pearl inlay around stuff like that. And right. they didn't really, they didn't really like teach that you can go to them and ask, I want to learn this thing for this project that I want to build and they would help you through it. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't like, uh, you had to, I guess, go out and search that on your own, you know? And, and, uh, so, so then yeah. how was the process of learning different as far as teaching yourself versus something that was much more formal? Um, well, being that I had like, um, that education teaching yourself, I think is a lot easier because you understand how things need to be cut, how things need to be machine grain direction, all those different types of things. When you're working with like say bent lamination, really thin materials, you learn how to make forms, templates, uh, you kind of like, you know, your frequency is a little bit higher when it comes to like, you know, your efficiency, um, and just like your accuracy. So, um, so you had a foundation to build. Yeah, on. so you had a foundation to build on. Yeah, but I, I, you know, now I prefer to figure it out on my own. Like I want to get into marketry and start doing stuff like that, but I'm just going to do it on my own because I don't want to have to pay to go to a class to do it. Right. When I feel I was, like that was I, my yeah. next question. Would you ever consider doing another class like William Ng or like David Marks or any of those? Yeah, classes? I would. I would do classes, but there's certain things that I feel like I could figure it out on like classes that I would do would be like carving. Cause that's like a three dimensional thing that you kind of have to do in steps to make things look real. Like say you're carving like bell flowers or something like that. You want them to look real. So, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to draw them, learning how to, you know, cut them the right steps to use things like that. So there definitely are things that I would take classes for. And there definitely are things that I wouldn't take classes for. Like finishing is a thing that I would probably take a class on. Cause there's just, you know, a world of new finishes always coming out and old ones hmm. that can still be mastered. So, so it, it seems like we're, we're picking on Kyle a little bit because he's got education from both worlds, professional education and self-taught. Um, I have a couple of questions. Uh, one for Tim that you don't have to answer, but you said you were cutting carrots and I see that your hands are all orange, but I'll no. just leave that. Don't, that's, no, just no, that's don't, from uh, just, Vance, Vance said a science experiment of the, it was one of those volcano kits, you know, you put the, it's like vinegar carrots. And, 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 but it had this red dye in it. So like Vance's hands are even worse. <laughs> Cut orange handed. Yeah. It's caught orange handed. Yeah, those there carrots I was cutting a long time ago. I'm not still stained from those. But. <laughs> so, and then, and then I'll ask a kind of a controversial and, Easy question, I think, for you, Kyle. Um, it'll be. Uh, I know you use some reclaimed materials. I, you know, I've seen a couple of your videos, old barn wood and whatnot. So, so I, I can ask you this: Do you think there's a definitive answer to saying yes or no to having a professional education in woodworking would be good for somebody who wants to reclaim for a living? 
Uh, I think it depends what they want to do with it. Because um, I've seen some reclaimed stuff that you may need more training or, you know, more information to do. Uh, I forget his name, but Izzy Swan showed me some pictures of this guy who makes all of his stuff out of reclaimed materials. And it was something that was beyond my level. You know, it wasn't something that I'd like, okay, yeah, I feel very confident making that. So I think it's a yes and a no. And it depends what you want to do. And it depends where you're, where you're happy, you know, making. Like, are you happy producing, you know, only dining room tables and this, this type of thing? Or do you want to branch out and use those reclaimed materials to make, like, a guitar or something like that? You know, because then you're going to need some more Well, that's more that's just that's just crazy talk right there. Don't, yeah, don't even say do that. Like that. Come on. Let's. <laughs> Both of those things seem stupid to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Making I, knots and guitars. You guys are just insane. I yeah. just had, I swear, just yesterday I had two people contact me about potentially making instruments. I think I was saying in last week's podcast that I was sort of cleaning up some of my, my instruments and, and re, you know, vamping them. I'm going to sell them kind of cheap, you know, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Just, I want uh, one of those bases. I'm telling um, you. Yeah, well, we could talk about that. That's a possibility. You know, I could throw something together for you, Lefty, but there was a guy that was looking for a bass, and uh, he'd seen my videos, and a guy was talking about making an acoustic guitar. Now, making an acoustic guitar is, like, way more complicated than, like, an electric guitar, and I had made one, and I made a hollow body a couple years ago, and I made one a long time ago, and that's actually more like like kind of Kyle's world of, like, that real precision and the, and the patience and the finesse and stuff, and so I'm... And then to do it for reclaimed materials, you have that whole you know, can of worms to open. And I'm like really excited about the idea. I'm like thinking it through of like, I, it's, it's gotta be a number that's going to work for me to sit down and take the time. But I mean, what a lesson to put yourself under the gun. And, you know, if, if I can make this happen to like, okay, well now it has to be good because it's not just going to hang on the wall in my barn and, you know, collect dust, <laughs> you know, it's like, let, let so. me encourage you to learn a lesson that I just learned the hard way. Uh, count the hours because that's really the one of the biggest reasons why I'm quitting these whiskey boxes is because they take way way too many hours. Oh, that's how like, that's I, how I base my whole business. I mean, that's everything. You count the hours. I know, that's but you, I, like I think of it like, oh, it's a whiskey box. It takes like meh, 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 it takes a few hours, whatever. It's fine. And but like I'm not I'm not counting like when, when at first. All I was really thinking of the construction. Okay, so it takes this long to do the box, this long to do the lid. You spend an hour just talking to the person on the email. And yeah, well, the there's that, and then there's yeah. the staining. My God, the amount of staining that it takes. And then the dry time, and then the finish, and then the month, and the orange hands for some reason, and like all kinds <laughs> of things that, like, it's just. Carrots. It, Carrots it takes are like a good 10 hours. For years. Oh, come so, on. It doesn't take you that long to make one. Yeah, it could take that long, and it depends on how intricate the. Um, like the not the engraving, but let's say let's say the uh, it's toner transfer. So I don't mm-hmm. even know what you'd call that method. Whatever it is, the verb that you want to use to call it, the personalization mm. can take half an hour, forty five minutes. Designing the file, De- like, design right? absolutely. Yeah. So all yeah. of those oh, yeah, things have to get factored in. Well, it's like my first sign job here that I I just got to. You know, I mean, like I I came up with a number, and I know I'm going to lose on it because it's my first one. So I know everything's going to take me longer. But I also know about how long it should take me. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing too, yeah. right? So, so I know I'm, I'm how okay long these things. On this one for the lesson, like so, you know, I'm going to make I, t- 10, 12 bucks an hour I, on this one probably, and the guy's going to get a nice. Sign. That's fine. But so that's okay I, I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt you guys. That's a lie. I don't want to interrupt you guys, but I got a question for Kyle, and this is serious, and this came up in the group. Your name came up online in on the interwebs because 
Somebody was talking about segmented. Where did I see a list? And I guess you have posted something on the calculations for the curriculum of the segmentation. Oh, yeah, Paul yeah. Jackman. Okay, yeah. so I being a smart Alec, huh, Phil? I didn't say it. I said no, smart. Thank Alec. you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. So I being a smart Alec say, well, can't you just pick a degree, a slight degree, and cut a whole bunch of things like that, and then just not know how big it's going to until be they fit. <laughs> until they fit together? Um, Is that even possible? Or am I just insane? No, it's it's possible. I mean, you can't pick a degree like, like say forty seven degrees and expect no. it to come no, no, out no, in but a I square. Mean just, you know, just slightly off. Just cut a whole bunch of stuff that's slightly off, just so you know it's eventually going to come around and make a circle. Yeah, right. You need consistency. You need the same angle on each piece, and all those pieces right. need to be the same length. So, right. Y- you may. It's easier to pick an even number that fits into 360 degrees. Well, that's it. You know, you want a number that fits into 360 degrees. That's that's the critical component yeah. there. It, because you you could cut all those pieces and end up with 361 degrees, and then each one has a gap on the inside, so they never fully close. So okay, so I could technically then make just 10 pieces 36 degrees, and I'm good. Well, 18 degree piece on each on each side. Yeah. So an 18 degree wedge. Oh. Yeah. Otherwise, five pieces. Okay, so five pieces. Yeah, five pieces. Yeah, would be thirty-six. So degrees. I can make a five-piece. Mm-hmm. They don't have to segmented. be even. So okay, now here's my other question. So I could take ten two-sided eighteen-degree thirty-six into three-sixty to make a double whammy torus. You could. This is I why you interrupted awesome. for the <laughs> math lesson. Because, well, Kyle's here. You two are sitting there talking about your own thing, and I'm like, hey, I want to take advantage of having the guy. You know what our philosophy is. It's not an interview. He's part of the conversation. Right. I'm asking him questions about the conversation. Like that double. He's got education. The double torus that I made, that I wanted it to have a certain number of pieces, so I worked backwards from the number of pieces. So each taper on the ring was 3.2 degrees. It doesn't come out perfectly to... 360 degrees, but it was close enough that I could do a little sanding on it. So a you just piece. lied to me. You cheated. Well, you, you could fudge it a little bit. You can fudge it a little bit, but you got to no, get you got to get you're, close. You're segmented 101. <laughs> He's in like 501 now, so he can he can fudge it a little bit. You start PhD. with even numbers. <laughs> you know. Well, I just want to know if I told somebody the truth or not, and apparently I know what I'm talking about, even when I have no clue. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Proved your point. Sounds about right. <laughs> build, build the brakes. Uh, what else were we talking about? <laughs> Who said that? That was hilarious. Um, I don't know. That was pretty funny. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to what we're watching since there's four of us today, so we're gonna have a lot to cover. Um, who wants to go first? Not me. Tim, go first. Okay, uh, I will go first. Um, I wanted to to mention two things that I'm watching. Actually, one was just I wanted to mention our, our good friend Richard uh, Garage Guy Pens. Uh, there's been all the, the Bill's pen, uh, Bill of Olsey's, uh, one car workshops pen challenge, no lathe pen challenge, which I've just loved. There's like 170 something entries into this. Yeah. And I've seen a whole that bunch was, of them. That was actually what I was going to say to watch was the entire playlist of that con. But go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go. you can, you can say that later. No, no, that. no. Steal was my that thunder. The link, go, was that go. the link you sent? It was. Oh, was it really? Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't click your link. <laughs> no, go ahead. Just I, Tim, don't worry about it. Well, okay, we'll just ignore that. It's not part. the first time let... you've not clicked my link. Oh my no, god, pretty much daily. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just go into my regular one and let Bill 
have his his thunder there with that. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention my, uh, <laughs> just toolbox. <laughs> Can't even. Uh, um, I wanted to mention the other first. I want to mention, and it's sort of self serving, but it's not. Is um, is Hugo? Yes, it, is. it is. It is. But it's Hugo um, uh, essay maker. I mentioned him before, and uh, he's in South Africa, which is what the SAC is for. But he put out this video, and he was basically he took a pair of cargo shorts that had seen better days, and he made them so they were still wearable. And then he made like a pouch out of the pockets, and he said it was like he was like Tim swaying them or whatever. And and it just it just sort of like kind of hit me like I don't feel like I'm worthy of anything like like that. Like there's so many people doing all these types of things or whatever, and like to just have my name like attached to be inspiring someone a half a world away. And even even deservedly or not, you know, uh, it just really means something to me. And uh, and I thought that was really special that that the connectivity that we have, um, you know, around the world. And so I uh, I'm not saying watch the video because my name is in it. I'm saying watch the video because the message that that my friend Hugo he Hugo-fied the 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 pants, you know, or whatever. So and it was brilliant. And uh, and I would have never have thought of that. So I'm just honored to have been the catalyst that inspired him to think of that. Terrific. Bill? Uh, well, a couple of things. Really, really super quick. I know. I'm going to Atlanta. This is so cool. Did you guys hear about this? Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to Atlanta. Izzy's uh, a big shindig. I'm going to go. Uh, you should be, and that's it. Laura, Chris, and Lynn did that collab video. You all got to check that out. That's pretty cool. It's a shop tips type deal. Um, but yeah, so what I, I was thinking about, what have I been watching? I, I, the same thing that everybody's been watching is everybody doing their no lathe pin challenge. And uh, what came to mind, I was going to say Richard, but forget it now. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Harju. <laughs> Daniel Harju dig that S-Wing style hammer pin. Did you see that where he cut all those little pieces of leather and he formed it? No, Check out Daniel Harju. Yeah, it's, it's like an S-Wing so hammer, many, but he made a amazing. pen. I know they are. That's why I wanted to leave that link is to go to that no, playlist for the, the pen challenge. Sorry, and then uh, Mancrafting. Uh, Mancrafting Chad uh, Gross Claws is how you pronounce his name. It looks like Gross Clags. Gross Claws, I asked him. Uh, he made a pretty cool one too. But everybody's just making these really super duper cool things. And then I'd like to point something out is that, Tim, you're all excited because somebody half a world away – um, was inspired by you and, and has done things and you've you opened your heart and said something about that and yet I guess I'm only half the other side of the country away and I've been you know stalking you and say that you've inspired me all these years and I get not a peep okay whatever what have you been working on Phil <laughs> uh, I'm gonna abdicate in favor of Kyle you go first I'll go last uh, you guys have probably already talked about these and Fortunately, I don't get too much time or I don't make enough time to watch videos because I'm always working on something. But Samurai Woodworker, I love that guy. He seems like such a blast and mm. I would love to hang out with him. And then uh, a new smaller channel. You guys have definitely mentioned her. But uh, I forget her first name, but Jessup from, from Boston. Uh, Jesse, yeah. Yeah, Jesse. Jesse, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that she's you know making more videos and then she's always making guest appearances on uh, on Ben's channel. So. Modern. You know that's Ben's sister, right? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So yeah, those are my two. Awesome. So I also have two. Um one of them is one of the no lathe challenges. So oh, you can't do that because of Bill. Yeah, I'm sorry. I it's, it's, you, and we're running out of time. I don't know what to tell you. 
I don't think you guys understand how it works here. I'll do whatever I want. Uh, <laughs> so it's uh, Adventures in DIY, and I don't know if you saw this one, but it was he made a fountain pen out of a bullet casing and then shaped the rest of the pen so it looks like a quill out of, I think, mesquite, and it was freaking awesome. Wow. Okay? Okay? If you haven't seen that, do yourself a favor and see I'm it. There's so many to see. I gotta, I gotta that playlist. That's why there's a I link to that we'll playlist. Put that playlist link in the show notes so we could just see all of these. I'm not sure I appreciate your tone. Anyways, my second one <laughs> is, my tone was directed towards Bill. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say he just insulted me, and he, but thank Bill's you for not gonna put anything in the show notes. So, um, and my other one is I think we all know this kid. He's an up and comer, uh, and I think he's certainly gonna take over whatever nonsense Tim is doing. His name is Vance Maker, and he just started his own <laughs> channel. And it is awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm putting up all of Vance's old videos and into a folder, and then from now on, when his new videos come out, I'm going to put them there. That is um, so awesome. It was kind of Vance. It was kind of Vance's idea. I mean, I had a lot of people saying that for years, like, "Oh, Vance should have his own channel," and I was like, "Well," and then it just kind of got to this point where I was like, "Well, maybe he should." And so he wanted to enter the pen challenge because um, I, I, I wanted to enter the pen challenge. I just didn't have any ideas, and so I was like, "Hey, Vance." There's this pen challenge. This is literally Sunday, the last day of the thing. I was like, do you have any ideas? He's like, I got an idea. And he describes this idea exactly how he described it. And so we went to the shop and he made it exactly as he described it. And I rushed to get the video up on time last night. And, and I started the channel and started it with this with this uh, thing. And he like, and I was like, oh, we got to get people to know. So we'll do this little video on my channel to tell everybody. And it was like th- three takes. And he had it on the third take. And that's the, what you see when you go there. And uh, it was he's just uh, he's just an awesome kid. And, uh, yeah, I, really, I really thought I, I'm glad Phil that you brought that up. I really thought Tim would have instead of being self serving and talking about himself and somebody else, you know, whatever he would have put up Vance's stuff. But, but Tim, I'm going to bring you some water. It's probably thirsty under the bus there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm used to it. I'm used to it down yeah. here. This guy. Good thing Gwen doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah, or Vance. Oh, yeah. or Vance. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. I'm not a fan of Tim Sway. Um, have fun with him. Enjoy. Yeah, <laughs> he's in a good place. Yeah. What did I do? <laughs> All right, so let's do our promo stuff. Uh, Kyle, why don't you kick it off? What yeah, do you want to plug? You could uh, find me on woodbytoth.com. Everything is on there. And- and you also have a podcast? I do have a podcast called The Dusty Life. You can find that probably where you get this one. So go check it out. On uh, reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. That's right. Yes. Just go there. <laughs> go there. There's a link there somewhere. The dumpster too? It may be buried, but you'll find it. Yeah, just stay on there as long as possible. Yeah, just click every one. No before. <laughs> um, on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I'm Phil Pinsky. Check out makertechreviews.com. Uh, Bill, Tim, you want to do your thing? Uh, I uh, com. Thank you, Justin Sparks. And I uh, to let you know, Phil, there will be a link for Maker Tech Reviews on WilliamLutz.com as well awesome. as um, uh, a, I, there's a picture of you and I making out in Boston. Yeah. But I asked Justin not to put that on there. Well, I don't think that's 2017. It's fine. You can put that up there. Yeah. Well, you had a few drinks and Casey wasn't looking. So I forgive you. Things happen. It's Boston. You're hella cute. You're hella cute. What can I say? Timmy's right. What about you? What's your thing? Uh, Timsway.net. <laughs> Look at this anymore. disapproving <laughs> grandpa shaking his head at us. <laughs> it's it's the new millennium, yeah, I, Tim. I resemble Come that on. comment. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, I will say this: your hands match parts of your beard that aren't gray. Yeah, the one the one hair that's not gray. <laughs> okay, terrific. Contact us for show topic suggestions, feedback uh, on email. On email, that sounded awkward. Through email, by email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio. On iTunes, please leave us a review. And Patreon, the absolute best way to keep us on the air and help us get top drawer talent like Mr. Toth here. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. We really appreciate the support. We got about three or four new um, patrons this last uh, week or so, and it's just been uh, a terrific shot in the arm. So we really, really appreciate that. Next week, we'll do a full roll. Uh, just a shout out to everyone who's supporting us and, uh, and thanks again to everyone who's listening. And you know, uh, I don't know who wrote that, that iTunes review that you just sent us this morning. I guess it was just posted recently. Um, yeah. uh, someone who you have 30 years in the, in the trades and whatnot. And, uh, I, I just thought that that was like, uh, thank you very much for that review. That was, it was just so fantastic for all three of us to read. We loved basically it. Basically said, there's not a lot I can learn from the show, but I absolutely am entertained by the show and I appreciate the show and I know other people can learn from it. Something like that. It was pretty yeah, it's cool. Like, yeah, it's three non-talented clowns is what I like listening yeah, to is what I took exactly, from Exactly. Well, speaking I can speaking of. around all of you with one arm tied behind right. my back, but you're funny. Speaking <laughs> of, like, wait a second now. Speaking of non non talented clowns, Kyle, thank you so much yes. for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys. I'm glad you I don't make me seriously. read the reviews on my podcast. They make me read I, them. Is I'm terrible at it. I, I it. cannot think of anybody seriously like that has come from both worlds of teaching themselves and and having that <laughs> education. And this was an amazing topic. And uh, I like your final answer to you know should you have schooling or not? And it's like yeah, there's no real answer to that. You should see what works for you and uh i i've admired you from afar for long i cut out um i only have the 2015 calendar because you gave that one to me <laughs> in in person so i've cut out those pictures and i have them pasted all over oh never mind i'm sorry wrong, wrong wow we just went from yeah wholesome to creepy okay. pretty quickly there um that, that happens and another thing to point out too is that uh <clears throat> kyle is another millennial that is that we've had on our show that just debunks the millennial stereotype just most of them anyway. Oh Most man, them, we should have know. just done a pick on millennial show with him then. Oh, we could have done that too, but <laughs> no, uh, we got that feedback the, in the iTunes reviews that didn't like that. Yeah, this, because oh, that's I don't think, right. Huh? Yeah, that's why I was saying that. But I don't think we are trying to. I don't think we were. I mean, we were uh, tongue firmly pressed in cheek, actively okay, doing that. But uh, we've yeah. had we've had Paul Jackman and now Kyle, two millennials that just yeah. make make us look. Like, Anyways, guys, well, stop I, picking I, on my best friend Kyle. Okay, enough. Okay. <laughs> I forgot. Phil, are you too old to be a millennial? You are, huh? I'm too old to be a millennial, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. Uh, we can still be friends. Yeah, we're still friends. It's cool. Uh, it's cool. Sweet. All right, I'll text you later. Bye. Later, guys. See ya. All right, be good. Bye, everybody.